0: All right, I know a lot of you would say when thinking of your Thanksgiving, Robbie I was stuffed. Well, that's what the turkey <laughs> That's what the turkeys were saying and we feel like the weekend following Thanksgiving would be a great weekend, just perfect for let's talk turkey. Oh, (laughs) there he is. (laughs) Yes, when folks come in wanting to buy a used part from Bob or a new car, they always have this idea in mind that they're going to talk turkey. Well, that's what they say. And I did a little research on this phraseology (laughs) this morning. It's kind of interesting. It suggested that the phrase arose because the first contacts between Native Americans and settlers often centered around the supply of wild turkeys. To the extent that the Indians were said to have inquired when they met a colonist. you come talk turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And even if you look in the dictionary, it says there's a tale about a colonist and a native. This is true. It's in the dictionary, Bob. I saw it this morning. A tale about a colonist and a native. When they went hunting, they agreed to share their spoils equally. Well, at the end of the day, the bag was four crows and four turkeys. And the colonists tried to, Partition. I've eaten a lot of crow in my time, brother. <laughs> I have eaten a
1: lot of crow in my time. This
0: is a, This is this was in the dictionary. This is when they were tried to portion off the spoils. They said, "Here's a crow for you." That's what the, the the colonist was doing. Here's a crow for you, and then he'd keep a turkey, and then a crow for you, <laughs> and he'd keep a turkey, and finally the Indian, you know, he demanded, "Only talk crow for Indian." We would talk turkey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go, brother.
0: And I, you know, as my punning mind wrap, tried to wrap itself around this conflict here, I figured that this was actually the first ever turkey crow caucusing. Because it was like, caw, caw. No, you'll get it in a minute. <laughs> caucusing. <laughs> oh, and there was, may have been some ca- I'm just saying. Either way, we are talking turkey today with our good friend Bob from 109U. Pull it, Bob. When people come on the yard, do they ever say, well, let's talk turkey? Maybe
1: not in those words, but uh, everybody's looking for the best deal. I have to remind
0: them that we give everybody a great deal, brother. There you go. And so today on the Christian Car Guys show, when did you talk turkey so well that you gobbled up the deal of a lifetime? When was that that you talked turkey so well that you, <laughs> that you gobbled up the deal of a lifetime? We want to hear your secrets. 866-348-348. 788486634 truth when did you take talking turkey to a whole new level well bob you may be shocked to find out that once i talked turkey in turkey
1: <laughs> in turkey
0: <laughs> yeah i was on a cruise with a bunch of car dealers to istanbul which is in turkey you know and as Tammy and I, my wife sometimes doesn't get as ready as fast as other people. (laughs) I don't know if you ever suffer with that kind of thing. (laughs) But anyway, so we are coming into the Grand Bazaar as many of the dealers are coming out. And they hadn't been gone long. And these guys, and they're shaking their heads, and they're looking at the ground. And they said, man, you don't want to go in there. Those are thieves, and they they negotiate over everything. You can't just buy something in there. That Grand Bazaar, there's a lot of negotiating. (laughs) I was like, man these are car dealers? Uh, Are you serious? They weren't talking turkey when they were in Turkey. Do you believe that, Bob? It's hard to believe. But it's true. They were shaking their heads. So we went in there, Tammy and I. And at the time, I was still recovering. I'd talked a couple weeks ago about my Jeep accident where I'd crushed my left leg. And so I was on crutches still. And this was, you know, two or three years after the accident. And I was thinking that, you know, when I got off the crutches, because I knew I didn't have one of the bones in my left leg, that it would be really cool to have a really neat cane, you know, to lean on. And they had some phenomenal canes that there in the Grand Bazaar. And they had these that were obviously mahogany, and they were inlaid with silver and turquoise and mother-of-pearl. And I used to do a little bit in the jewelry business when I was in Albuquerque, so I recognized the work that was involved, the silver work and all that. I was like, man, that's really cool really cool. And these these canes, they were like $120, which there was no way that was happening even in my budget at that point in my life. And so I was like, well, I guess it just can't, you know. And then once you pick one up, buddy, those bizarre <laughs> they're on you. <laughs> they come right over there. You want cane? You like the, you know, yeah, I'm liking this cane. It's pretty cool, but that's way too much money for me. Oh, how much? How much? And so I said, I don't know. Well, I do know a little bit about negotiating, Bob. And here's one of the secrets that we're going to share today on A Christian Car Guy. One of the secrets to negotiating is get your number out first. Well, see, the cane sellers, they already had their number out. It was 120 bucks. But when you do come out with a number, you kind of set the tone of where the negotiations are going. And realizing that I was, in fact, talking turkey and turkey, I started low, Bob really low guess how low i started <laughs> 40 bucks not wow. even close All right. <laughs> oh, i baby. was like well i got ten dollars and <laughs> <laughs> see one of the things about negotiating with a real negotiator now if you did that in america the person would get mad throw their cane at your head break you over you know they, that that's part of they get their feelings hurt when you make, you make, know, But when you're negotiating with a professional negotiator, no offer will be refused, I assure you, and I, they mean no offer. And so that's just part of the talking turkey with turkeys. Um, people the nice, and they really, really are nice people in Turkey. So I came out with my $10, and then we went on and on. I mean, this thing went on for the better part of 20 minutes, Bob. You know, I, didn't, I was coming up 50 cents at a time. I was like, well, if 10, 50, oh, 40, you know, he, he came down pretty quick, like to 50. And then it was da, da 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 And guess what I bought that cane for?
1: Uh, I'm guessing with that starting price around twenty seven.
0: Twenty even. 20 I even. I worked hard. <laughs> I have I should have brought that cane in today so I could put a picture of it online. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Brother, you're shrewd. <laughs> you are
0: shrewd. I don't you know, it was one of those things that I was just like, wow, this is my real because You see, if you are selling cars and you've experienced this bomb, yeah, people come in all the time to make you absolutely ridiculous offers. Am I right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. It happens all the time and somebody tell they give me a hard time and I've been known to if somebody offers you a ridiculously good deal, you've gotta walk around it three times and offer five dollars less, you know (laughs) (laughs) sometimes. But you know, we usually uh, I've changed a lot through the years and uh and the business has changed. We used to get the the small cars for $25, you know, back when nobody else around was doing it, and the price of metal wasn't what it is now. We used to get $25 for the small cars, 35 for the big ones. And, uh, you know, we were full of cars. We, we were the only ones in town buying the old junk like that at that time. And uh, the price of the metal was was significantly less than what it is now. Yeah,
0: and you're talking serious turkey there when you're talking about whole cars. Whole cars, exactly. People are selling them and and you're buying them. Well, the question today for you, the listener, is I know you've had this phenomenal story and you have some stuff that you want to share. Please call us, 866. We got lines open. We need to hear from you, really. When did you talk turkey and gobble up huge savings? 866- 348-7884-86-34 348-7884-86-34 truth, and then at the end of the show on our appraisal by the Real Black Book, guess what? Talking Turkey with God. Have you ever tried that one? <laughs> Apparently Abraham did one time. He was talking about Sodom. But anyway, last week I really I did have some big questions, and I took those to God, and He gave me one giant answer, and I get to share that coming up in our appraisal by the Real Black Book. Hi, I'm Robbie Dillmore, the Christian Car Guy. One of the cool things we get to do on this show is that Jesus is labor or love. And we had a miracle this week in Redondo Beach, Bob. I got an email from a lady. She was trying to go home to Ohio. She'd lost her job. Her car had to check engine light on. We don't have a station carrying our show in Redondo Beach. And I was like, oh, my soul, what am I going to do with this situation? My lady in Redondo Beach. So, I immediately sent it out to my Jesus Labor Love prayer team. We got about seven people on that team. We'd love to, by the way, put you on that team. You just have to fill out the volunteer form that's there at Jesus Labor Love page at ChristianCarGuy.com. But anyway, I sent it immediately out to my prayer team. I said, I'm going to need some prayer for this one because I got nobody in Redondo Beach, California, and they're not known out there for just being 80, 90% Christian. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) But. I said, we need serious prayer. I don't have any idea to go with this. So I called a lady to find out what was going on. And I'm telling you, it would have broke your heart. She was crying. I got out here. My husband's gone. I'm left alone with my son. I'm out of money. I've lost my job. I just want to go home to my mom in Ohio. But my car's putting. It won't make it. It's So what was the miracle? in Redondo Beach. You're going to find out if you'll stay tuned to this next segment of the Christian Car Guy radio show. Go out, check out all the Jesus Labor love stuff at ChristianCarGuy.com as well as the thrill of the ride is in the curves. I wrote that article this morning. It may have to do with my appraisal by the Real Black folks. Stay tuned. So much is coming up.
1: Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm It's all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straighten the curve, Yeah Lighten the hills Someday the mountain Might get up
0: but the law never Now, what you're hearing there is a wind-up car, which is going to be significant to the whole story that we're going to be doing. But the Dukes of Hazard had a wind-up car set, the bar burner car set, that you could buy this wind-up car, the Dukes of Hazard, and then you could run through this barn and all this stuff. All this is going to come clearly as we get to our praises by the Real Black Book today. But I want you to remember a couple lines from that song. Straightening the curves, flattening the hill. Just remember that. It'll come back. We'll talk about that later. But when I left our hero, we were in Redondo Beach. Our poor, I mean, this lady, it really, it, it, it made me cry. I was listening. I was thinking about because one time I in my life, I got stuck out in Los Angeles without a job and out of way back, and it's just not a good place to be. And this poor lady, my heart was breaking, and I was like, oh, man, I've got to figure out some way to help her because we got nobody to help out there in Redondo Beach. So like I said, I sent it out to the prayer team, and then I made the extra super-duper call, which I called my mother. and I said, Mom, I need you to pray for this. I mean, I needed to call in an airstrike, Bob. That's what I needed, an airstrike in the Redondo Beach to see what I could find. And then I just Googled auto repair shops near the girl's address in Redondo Beach. And would you believe, I mean, God, is it's amazing. The first, the very first phone call. This young lady answers the phone and I said, Could I speak to the manager? And she said, Well, I'm the manager and I said to myself, This is good, this is very, very good, because when you got a single mom, it's the the women managers in these auto repair shops have hearts for them. It's wonderful. And so I start off like I always do. This is a Christian car guy and I know I have this crazy request, but we have a, a single mom out in your area that her car is broke which her check engine light is on and we have a ministry across the country to repair for fam- cars for families that are in crisis. All you need to do for me, if you wouldn't mind, is donate the labor. She'll pay for any parts if she needs a part, but if you'll just give us an amount of labor that you would be willing to donate to this cause, most shops donate five or six hours, whatever the situation may be. And she goes, you know what? And this is the cool part, Bob. This is a part that just blows me away. She says, you know, the owner and I have been talking about doing something like this, but we had no idea how to do it. There you go, brother. How cool is that? I mean, it's just like, you're kidding. How cool. And she said, this is exciting. Really, Robbie, this is exciting. I'm going to call the owner, and I'll see if we can help this lady. You so,
1: opened up doors for a couple of people, didn't you? <laughs> well,
0: I guess God did. God three, did. I mean, <laughs> he, he opened it up for everybody, including the Labor Love Prayer team. Well, I know was extremely encouraged when they got my email back saying that they, you know, that they worked on this lady's car, and they're getting ready to go to Ohio they donated five hours of labor to her. Uh, I don't have the end of the story yet, but I'm hoping that um, there was some turkey in Ohio this year uh, rather than California, as the case may be. But we calling that the miracle in Redondo Beach. And it blows me away. I asked her, Bob, I said, how did you find out about the Jesus labor love? You know, you're in Redondo Beach, and not you know, you, my show's not playing out there. Did you hear it on the Internet or whatever? She says, you know, I Googled. Single mom in car trouble, and you came up first. Wow. And I say, Jesus to the rescue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's exactly, that is the stuff, man, and that is talking turkey. I'm, we're talking turkey today, actually, on the Christian Car Guys show, and we're asking you, our listeners, if you have a wonderful testimony like that. By the way, we always love testimonies. How did God work in your family this Thanksgiving? You would bless us all. If you have a story like that, we would love to hear that as well, 866-348-7884, 866 truth What we're talking about right this minute is we're trying to talk turkey. What do you do when you want to negotiate on a car? And I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. They think that people that negotiate are like thieves, you know, that's how I got my reputation as the car salesman I am today, Bob. <laughs> what you got?
1: I got to tell you about the Thanksgiving blessings. There were so many in our family this year. Uh, family reunited, and uh, but uh, my stepson, my oldest stepson, is in Indiana, uh, getting ready to go to Greece for another deployment. He's already been to Iraq and uh, getting ready to go to go to Greece and uh, Egypt. Excuse me, Egypt's where they're going. But um, he was going to miss Thanksgiving. Uh, But much to our surprise, uh, the family's gathered around, and uh, as soon as we say amen for the thanksgiving blessing there, uh, here he pops up out of the, came walking through the house, and uh, my wife just broke down, and uh, we were afraid that he was not going to be there, and then uh, my younger stepson, he he had to work that day, and we thought he was going to miss it too, but our family is traditionally uh, late starting events, but uh,
0: I've never so run across that before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we set the time at one, and I believe it was twenty after one when we—I mean, twenty after two when we started to eat. But uh, you know, we know not to chisel anything in stone. You just kind of get there oh, yeah. and uh, and prepare for a few delays, and and but it all just worked out so good. What a wonderful surprise for! Both of those boys that we thought were not going to get to make it to the to the event and and just what a surprise for him to be there they had uh he had gotten on a bus they'd gave him a little time and um but he'll be i think by Christmas time he'll be across the ocean and and in egypt
0: wow, that is so cool, Bob. I'm blessed just to hear it, and we would be blessed to hear your story so please call us eight six six three four eight. Seven eight eight four eight six six three four. truth Now, I don't know about a used part, but if you're going to walk into a car dealership and start saying stuff like, I want to talk turkey, it will not be very long. In fact, most car salesmen are car salesman 101 training is to learn the phrase, bury it deep down inside your soul, if I could, would you? Those are the words that caused the customer to commit without committing on my part. <laughs> so you as a customer, as a consumer, need to be aware of that. I don't, I've never met a sales trainer that didn't train on this strategy for a car salesman, which is basically, if I could get this price where you want it, would you buy it today? Or whatever it is that they're going to use you just in order to, if I could, would you?
1: That word you just said, it kind of came out of your mouth, that that today thing always started <laughs> today, today,
0: today, you know, I'm going to think about <laughs> it overnight, you know, I'm
1: not going <laughs> to jump into this right away, you know, but that today thing always is, it's like a red light going off for me. It, it kind of startles me, you know?
0: And, you know, as a salesman, I trained, and, and as I trained my own salesman, I said, don't ever say that because they're going to hear that. All- and every time you, that somebody says that, that's one of those words that does throw up a wall. Oh, yeah. And you can very easily say, if I could get this car where you wanted it, would you buy it? And not have to say the word today and be just as powerful in the closing. T- I'm not, if I was teaching salespeople right now, I'd say, never, ever, ever, never say today exactly. or now. But it's pretty easy just to say, well, if I could get this at the price you wanted or the payments you wanted, would you get it? And, you, and that's actually the words I would train, is get it. They're very non-confrontational words, but still as much punch. We are talking turkey today, and we need you to talk turkey. I know you're out there driving around. Talk turkey with us. Call us, 866-348-7884. And we're going to find out about these uh, good old boys and the slot cars. Coming up. a YouTube video that everybody this this song is not only amazing because of the message that's there how many times a day do I forget who I am in Christ you know how many times a day do I forget what God has told me about myself because I start believing all the world's labels well this song is so amazing because the artist I believe his name's Jason Gray he went and made this video of all these people with their labels who what the world called them and then he relabels them. And like I said, go to YouTube, watch the video, remind me who I am. It will leave you in tears. It, it's a significant thing, not to mention God. We, I mean, not to mention Bob. We could ask God that 100 times a day would make a lot of progress.
1: I had, um, wow, it's so wild that you're talking about this right at this moment. But uh, last Friday night, I was at the North Davidson football game, and um there were a couple of bad calls made and uh, some <laughs> of the verbal explosions that exited my mouth really surprised me. And God reminded me who I was because one of my youth from a youth group was, <laughs> I looked to the side oh, and man. I see him looking me right in the eye. And at that moment, God used that young man to remind me of who I was. And I was quite a shame. And, you know, I, I used to have some just terrible language all the time at the yard and everything. It was just a part of junkyard life, but I had to change that when I knew I was going to be working with the youth. So I put a rubber band around my arm, and every time one of those words came out of my mouth, I, I popped myself with that rubber band. And then I took it a step further after the words started coming out. When they entered my mind, I popped myself. And, um, after about a week, I had a pretty big blister, but <laughs> a, a lot better language, and it was something that I would really worked hard to do. And then here, I got caught up in a ball game, and 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 I reverted. You were to trying a,
0: to talk turkey with the ref. That's what oh. happened. I, I, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
1: was a little harsh turkey there, maybe some crow in there, but uh, it just amazed me how quick God used that young man, and and just the look on his face said it all for me, and uh, it it just humbled me and and reminded me that I have to keep working on myself.
0: You know what's cool about that story, Bob, is um, in so many different things, and we didn't intentionally go, I mean, it's just where we went, but that young man, when he saw you repent, when he saw you turn back to God based on the situation, there's another learning opportunity for him right there to see somebody become humble when they blow it. I mean, that's something we can, even when we blow it, we can be Christ in us on our worst day, Bob. (laughs) We can be Christ by admitting that, Hey, you know that, that I just did, including talking Turkey in the wrong way. (laughs) You know, we can, we can turn and, 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 and that's a huge witness that people don't realize that even though I've blown it all over the place, how you deal with the fact that you, that you're sinful because we're not better than anybody else just because we're Christian. We, we, we have the same situation. What we have is grace. And 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 that's one of the neat things I like about that song is when I've forgotten what grace is. And how often do I do that? And how often do I do that, you know, is with my own kids, my own family, you know. The, but getting back to cars, we got to do that, Bob. Talking turkey. You know, we talked about the if I could, would you. The idea there is, and I'm, I'm just saying that it's a good idea for you to understand what that person is trying to do. Don't be offended by it. They're trying to do their job. They were trained to say, if you would do this, would you do this? And it's very simple. They are getting you to commit, which you don't have to do, and they are not being committed. So you can start using the if word too. The if word is a very effective word in any negotiations. (laughs) It's a tremendous word because if is not any commitment on your part. If you give me this car for a half price, I might just buy it. You know, how committed is that? Not very, but, you know, <laughs> nonetheless. You can use the same tactic, and that's just simply what they're saying. And they're just trying to get a feel for whether or not you're on the right car. Because if, if they're a good car salesman, they understand that the price of the car is not really going to be that big a deal. Because, I mean, if they discounted it from sticker to invoice, there's probably only $1,100 or something like that. So that $1,100 two years from now, 10 years from now, it's not going to be a big deal. What's going to be a huge deal? Is that the right car? Because that's, what, that's the only reason I ever asked closing questions as a car salesman was I was trying to find out, were you on the right car? Is this the car you want? Therein lies the whole issue. If you buy a car you don't want, then you find yourself trading, and that gets real expensive, doesn't it, Bob? Mm,
1: yes. You find you, a lot
0: of your victims there. <laughs> <laughs> as
1: soon as you drive off of that lot uh, with a new car, you have lost a tremendous amount of value.
0: All right. So when you're talking turkey, my suggestion would be, before I ever begin the process of talking turkey, don't commit to anything because you haven't found the car you want. Once you've found the car you want, then... Then, like, when I found that cane and that was the cane, well, it's time to raise cane, Bob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. And don't be afraid to uh, to walk away. Uh, that is one of the best that I've found negotiating tools is to, to walk out that door.
0: Once. Oh, yeah, or just be straightforward with the salesman. I really don't like this car. Maybe you can find me a car I like. I, there's no sense in trying to sell me this car because I don't like this car. I would not buy a red car. You know, whatever the situation is, unfortunately, so many customers will never tell you why they left. They just disappear, And then the poor salesman's left in this world of mystery. When if the customer it just said, look, I don't want a blue one, or I, I, I want four-wheel drive, and you keep showing me two-wheel drive, or I want a new one, you keep putting me on a used one, or you keep putting me on a used new one, and I want a used one. Whatever the situation is, when you're talking turkey, here's my turkey tip for the day. <laughs> Don't do it unless you want the car. Don't do it. There's no sense in it. If you're trying to figure out if the salesman could be trusted, I've had a lot of reasons. Why did, you know, I've had people wear me out for three hours and then tell me they didn't want the car. And they go, why? Well, I wanted to make sure you'd give me a good deal. Well, what? You know, my time is not of any use to you whatsoever. I, you know, but hey. These are all things, you know, from a salesman's point of view, we would love to hear it from a customer's point of view, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. Now, moving on to Talking Turkey with God, because that's what I promised at the beginning of the show And our appraisal by The Real Black Book, and this is actually a bit of a long story, so I'm going to get cranking now. This is where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. We cry out for discernment and lift up our voice for understanding. So if you're going to talk turkey with God, you've got to make sure you're on the right car. (laughs) You know, is this something that really, you know. But anyway, as I mentioned, last week I had some big questions. I took those to God, and he gave me one big answer. Well, the name of this segment I'm going to call The Thrill of the Ride is in the Curves. I like that, Bob. The thrill of the ride, if you try to wrap your mind around that one a minute, the thrill of the ride is in the curves. Well, as you may know, Jerry was so kind to do my show last week because I had to speak at a Dangerous Heart boot camp. Well, almost like clockwork, if I'm going to speak at one of these boot camps, I can expect a full-scale attack from Satan slash life is going to come at me hard. (laughs) And this is exactly what happened two weekends ago. Right before I got on the air, I started to get a cold. I started to feel rotten. The first issue was that my son Robbie um, was struggling with some heart issues. I mean, his actual heart. And being a young man, it was very, very scary for me. He went to the doctor. They told him he had sort of a genetic thing that my father had, my grandfather had, and now I'm finding out my son had it. You know, this is not making me feel real good as I'm beginning to walk through that. It's, It's a concern. And then... After I get on the air and I go home, I just go to bed last Saturday, two Saturdays ago before the boot camp. And uh, I get woke up at 2 in the morning. It's my other son, Leslie, who's about 34 years old. And Leslie is my son by previous marriage, and his mother died about two years ago. And he called me very, very, very angry at God. And he was like yelling, why would a God, why would the God you serve do something like this to my mother, to my family, let her suffer with schizophrenia for 20 years in the hospital and then she dies. And he was, and this conversation went on literally until his phone went dead, which I would imagine was about two hours. And he was very emotional. And of course, all I could do was say, Leslie, I love you. You're my son. I'm proud of you. We will work through this. I know you don't want to believe in God. It's okay. You know, we can talk about another, you know, trying to figure out an angle, of any angle, to try to work something out with him, but I couldn't get there. Then Sunday, the battle ensued. He starts sending me very emotional texts because he's still trying to deal with his mother's death. He's still trying to deal with a lot of things. And it's hard to do when you don't have the everlasting arms to lean on, right, Bob? Can you imagine going through all that stuff and you don't have somebody to lean on? Well, he doesn't have it. And I don't, you know, talking to him all the years I have, I I don't know, you know, any word to take the pressure off other than than God wants to heal you. But it still went on. So Monday, I called a couple of my Dangerous Heart brothers and called in an airstrike. I said, man, we got to be praying for my son, Leslie. You got to pray for me. I got a lot going on. I feel sick. I've got this cold. It's it's very, very difficult, and one of those guys works at Todd Clark, who does the Masculine Journey with us. He is w- with Forsyth um, Mental Health Center, so he, it was very helpful to get some feedback from him. And Darren Kuhn, who's also with the Masculine Journey, also uh, is a former pastor, and he gave me some good advice, and we walked through that at lunch, prayed about it, whatever, and I was just beginning, Bob, to get my legs under me, I still felt bad because I had the cold, but my brothers were walking with me. I was beginning to see how God was working through the Leslie thing, and maybe there was some insight. And when I walk into Truth Broadcasting, the office manager calls me aside and said, Robbie, I need to talk to you. And so she pulls me in office. She goes, we just got a garnish for your wages for a significant amount of money from the state of North Carolina. (laughs) I was like, what? What? I haven't gotten one notice from the state of North Carolina. How can they just garnish my wages before anybody tells me anything? And I'm just, man, talk about those words that were coming up in my mind. (laughs) So I got to find out what's going on. I go running to the phone to call, and it's Veterans Day. They're not open. (laughs) There you go. Oh man I'm like man I, what else what else can I have to deal with you know I'm still feeling the cold so when I get home Bob this is really laughable there is a stack of mail on my kitchen table my wife's at work and there's a stack of ta- mail on my kitchen table it's a foot deep I promise you and on the top of that is a note my wife said I was out walking Harry which is our hairless dog another story for another show <laughs> and the neighbor brought over all this mail that they had been collecting had been given to them wrong And they didn't have time to bring it over to us.
1: There was your garnishment (laughs)
0: note. (laughs) There were all those letters from the North Carolina Department of Revenue that had been waiting on me since September. But I just didn't know. And there was, you know, so it's all starting to make sense. And, man, once again, I say, I just feel rotten, man. I feel rotten. I feel rotten. I'm going to bed. So I go to bed. This is Monday night. supposed to speak Thursday or Friday. And... I am not feeling good, and a lot's going on, so I woke up again about 3 in the morning. This time, Leslie wasn't calling. Nobody was calling. God was calling, actually. I woke up. I was kind of thirsty. I said, well, I'll make some coffee, and that'll be good on my throat. I don't have a problem with caffeine and sleeping, so I just thought, well, I'll drink some coffee, and I'll sit there and pray a bit, so I have this really cool prayer chair. Everybody will have one. It's a great big lounge-like leather chair. It's the most comfortable thing in the world for me to sit in and pray. So I got my cup of coffee. I went over and sat down in my prayer chair. I flip open the Bible, Isaiah 30, flips open, looks at me. It says, in your rest, in your waiting, is your salvation. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man, I need that, Lord. (laughs) Let me just rest in your everlasting arms. In this armchair, I'm just going to rest. Right this minute. As I was sitting there thinking about it, Bob, I recalled an interview I did with this Vietnamese pastor about six months ago. And this Vietnamese pastor, I asked him when he went on the air, I said, Why you know, what is it you want our listening audience to hear? And he says, Well, I've been in prison for the last five years and I want to tell America about that. And I'm like, Maybe it didn't interpret you know, those interpreters didn't get that right. <laughs> I said, You've been in prison? I said, When I picture a prison in Vietnam, I picture Rambo, man. He's down in the swamp with the leeches on him and all this stuff. He goes, yeah, that's pretty much it. He said, I was in a swamp with 7,000 other people. And I said, wow, how about did they give you clean drinking? Oh, no, any water, anything you had, you got out of the swamp. And I'm like, man, anybody that gets something like that, Jesus gives them something special. Now, when we come back, I'm going to tell you what Jesus had given him something. Whenever you go through something like this, when you have a problem, grace overabounds. This pastor got something very special. I'm going to share that with you, and you're going to find out all about these crazy wind-up cars coming up. Stay tuned. Remind me who I am. Remind me who I am in Christ. We've heard that from Bob today. Pretty amazing stuff. This I'm titling The Thrill of the Ride is in the Curves. This is my appraisal by The Real Black Book. I know you're thinking, Robbie, what does this have to do with cars? I'm getting there. Hold on. <laughs> so when we left our pastor, he was in the swamp for five years. The only water he got to drink was The water that was putrefied by 7,000 other people, right? And, and I'll give you the end of the story before I tell you what God gave him. But the end of the story was that you know why they let him out? He was leading so many people in the swamp to Christ. They had to get him out of there. <laughs> you got it. But I asked him, I said, you know, whenever God's given me something really unbelievable to try to handle, He's always given me something very special in the way of overabounding grace. I said, what did He give you? And He said, He gave me the 91st Psalm. He gave me the 91st Psalm over and over and over again in my head. In the nights when people were crying out, dying at my side, he gave me the 91st Psalm over and over and over and over again. Now, I won't try to read that for you. I'm asking you to go check your Bibles out tonight at some point in time. Write it down, 91st Psalm. Read that Psalm with the idea that you're standing in a swamp. For five years. You can't sit down in the swamp, by the way. That means you're standing in the swamp for five years. Just just picture that. But anyway, as I'm as I'm sitting there thinking about this pastor, and I'm praising God, saying, God, you are so cool. This is just, you are the coolest God. And all of a sudden, my little bitty problems with the North Carolina Department of Revenue and all that stuff I was dealing with just got m- minuscule. And I was like, God, you've got the stuff, man. And I started praising. I was singing in my chair. I was praising God as I was sitting there. I went up, and I laid down again to go back to sleep. And you know how you get in that sort of prayer-slash-sleep mode, and I'm in this prayer-sleep mode, and God gives me this phenomenal vision. It didn't seem so phenomenal at first because I was like, what are you doing? But God was taking this wind-up car, and he would wind it up tight as he could wind it. Wind, 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 wind. And it sounds something like this. We got a sound effect. I created this. Here he's winding. See, God's winding up this car. And then he lets it go over this really cool track. But it doesn't take the curves. It's going bam, bam, bam. Crash. (laughs) Oh, it goes down bad. And so he did that again. And I kept on watching him wind, wind. And he would do it again and again. And this happened about six times. And I was really ready to just scream, God, what are you doing? Slow down. Slow down so you can take the curves. That's the cool part of the track. And all of a sudden, man, the light came on just like glowing bright. The thrill of the ride is in the curves, right? When God gives you something and you step out in faith and you start walking with God, the wild, you're going to have a wild ride, I promise. But he's got you. He's holding you in the curves. See that, like that pastor got the 91st Psalm when he was in the swamp god gave me a hug when my leg was crushed i can tell you story after story of whenever i got all this stuff thrown at me having him hold you up through it y- you see the thrill of the ride is right there when he's holding you up in that curve i'm telling you it's good stuff man go ahead bob
1: kind of like what i experienced during the fire that day while the place was still on fire and smoke everywhere and they hand me a microphone and throw the tv camera in my face and And uh, I found nothing but strength and positive things to say, and and that was God. That was him holding me up and and giving me exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, the cool thing is you can talk turkey with God. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) When you got some serious, like, I need to know this, it's okay. Lay down in your prayer chair. Find yourself a If you don't have one, get one. And, 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 and begin to spend time with God listening. He's got two ears and one mouth, okay? God knows all about it, believe me. And if you feel like talking, he'll listen. But you listen. He's got some cool stuff for you. Even the thrill of the ride is in the curve. So I certainly want to thank all of you who are driving around today for not calling in. And using your cell phones while driving. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, I want to thank you for listening, Christian Car Guy. My good friend, Bob, you got to sing at one time.
1: Well, I'd rather use the time to say if you're coming to the Midway Christmas Parade, bring canned food items. We're done having another food drive.
0: And 788-9122. We'll we'll...
1: come get that car
0: for you. All right. Jesus Labor Love Prayer Team, join us. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years, and the thrill of the ride is in the curves. Talk to Turkey with God yourself this week. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.